T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Mr. Fryer, let's duck, duck, go. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Jason Leisure. I'm here in the studio at The Score. This is a very, very special honor for you. Co-host of the Sports Adjacent Podcast. I don't really like doing the radio, man. Yes. I don't like doing sports radio like the typical. That's why I've wanted to be on your show because your show is, uh, what's the word for it? Interesting. His takes will leave you speechless. It feels like there is some hateration and holleration in the century because I do feel like mm. Jason and, and Tony, there's a little bit of hate there. I'm not sure what holleration means. I'll just be upfront with that. <laughs> I can figure out hateration. I'm not sure about holleration. Jason Leisure on the Lawrence Holmes Show on The Score. The host of the Sports Adjacent Podcast and Sun-Times Bears beat reporter joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. <laughs> Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book. I, I know that football season is over, kind of, because it's never really over until that, like, dead part between when mini camps end and training camps begin. But I really do just enjoy talking with Jason Leisure, which is why I booked you on today's show. Thank you for being on the show today. Well, thank you on two fronts. One for the warm welcome, but two for recognizing as only people that are really dialed into this business do that we are not in anything remotely resembling an off season. This is not an off season. This is as busy as it gets right now. Well, the combine is up next week and, have they figured out exactly how they're going to do this? Because I know that there were some agents that were talking about pulling players out of it. Yeah, yeah, I can catch you up to speed on this. So uh, the Combine, they said, we're going to have all these rules. The NFL said, all these rules, all these COVID-related rules, and uh, you're not going to like them, but tough. And then the player said, well, we ain't coming. And then the NFL said, all right, all right, all right, all right, no rules, no rules. It's fine. That's a good way to do it. I love talking journalism with you, and I think that we both thought we both thought that at the end of hopefully when the pandemic is over and it's a lot safer for people to to navigate sports reporting again, I would have bet money that it would have been the NFL that was like, no, we're not going to let people back into our locker rooms. I did not for the life of me think that it would be Adam Silver and the NBA saying that we're going to keep it virtual. How do you feel about that? 
I hadn't even heard that. Um, that's disappointing and surprising in the most personality-driven and relationship-driven league as far as something to cover. I covered the NBA for three or four seasons and absolutely loved it, loved the work itself day-to-day because it's, it's so much about personality. And personality off the court often translates or fits, or you can draw a straight line from it to how somebody plays um, and the access you have to these guys. Like when I was covering the Miami Heat, LeBron James was an international, and still is, was an international celebrity. So was Dwayne Wade at the time. Like couldn't probably walk through, um, you know, a mall in any country unrecognized. And you would talk to these guys all the time. You see them in the locker room, casual chat, uh, hotel lobby, shoot around, whatever. And then I went from that to covering the Dolphins, and the Dolphins quarterback at the time was Ryan Tannehill. And my dad, who follows football pretty well, didn't know who that was when I took the job. It was, it was not a relevant person to him. He didn't, didn't know who Ryan Tannehill was. And compare him to, like, LeBron James, Ryan Tannehill I would get to talk to once a week at a press conference. That was it. That was it. I mean, you have global celebrities in the NBA that you can establish great working relationships with, and you have, like, anonymous starting quarterbacks in the NFL that they won't let you get near. So I am really surprised that of all the leagues – uh, baseball is like this too, by the way. Baseball has really good access, and um, you know, from everything I've heard from Russ and other baseball writers that I'm friends with, those relationships really are helpful and really like kind of easy to develop because of the access you get in baseball. Football is not. Um, I'm really surprised to see basketball do that. How long is that going to be? I hadn't I hadn't seen that. What's that? Just like the rest of the year? Well, well, he was saying that he thinks that there should probably still be some distance while things hopefully spiral down to endemic stage with with COVID, which I think we all understand. But I think the fear that everyone had that was in this part of doing the job, it was, well, this would be an easy way for them to close access. And and it it feels it, it almost feels like Adam Silver wants to mimic some of the limiting access like the NFL does. And that's scary to me. It is, and it's foolish because I think that the more media coverage you get, the better. And what you do to the media, you are doing to your fans by extension. The leagues, the leagues are just picking and choosing. I shouldn't say the leagues. I, I should say the NFL because that's the one I know and I'm covering. It's like COVID is still going when it's convenient for us. So COVID's not an issue at all if we're going to say, hey, we're done testing asymptomatic players, even if they're unvaccinated. Because, hey, by the way, uh, Super Bowl's coming up and Aaron Rodgers' testing exemption is about to end. And last thing we want is Aaron Rodgers asymptomatic, popping positive to, you know, a couple of days before the Super Bowl. But then we're going to say, hey, uh, for Super Bowl media coverage, we're only going to do one day of in-person access. Everything else is going to be on computers. So this feels like that to me. Like, okay, if you're saying we got to keep our distance in an NBA locker room for these guys, well, then let's make sure they keep the distance from each other on the court, too. Let's, uh, let's have them all play with, like, a, uh, a six-foot radius hula hoop attached to them some way so that, you know, nobody gets near anyone and no one costs near anyone. I mean, you've got to decide. Are, are we moving ahead and working or are we not with the pro sports leagues? The post-game stuff, uh, post-game locker rooms, yeah, like I've gotten good stuff in post-game locker rooms. 
I will say that I do understand Adam Silver or any commissioner or any team being like, well, you know, it's it's not really a conducive environment. The pregame stuff, that's where I think that there's a, a lot more of trust being built between player, coach, and media. But, yeah, I get the the idea, and it was my personal policy that I didn't walk up to guys while they were in in state of undress. Like, I, I do right. think that there needs to be some layer of buffer there. Like, that, that makes all the sense in the world to me. And but but just taking away the access itself is is silly. And and what I think the leagues need to do, and I don't know how you do this because it will require some real introspection. And, and honestly, it, w- it would mean making some hard choices. I think it's a matter of who they're credentialing, but I'm not sure how to do it without it being terrible gatekeeping activity by teams and or leagues. Yeah, you don't want to do that. I mean, you you can say, yes, in any locker room, there are people here that maybe don't belong here. But if you start going to uh, numbers and metrics to make your criteria, then, for example, does it's the bigs have credential? Right. Uh, they, might, they might not meet the thresholds for hits or audience or whatever you might say, but that's, that, to me, has become an essential piece of Chicago sports media and and I would want them credentialed for everything. So uh, it there really is not a good way to do that. Um, and you would say objective if you had an objective measurement, then it's something nobody could argue with. But if you had a subjective measurement, then it might be more. Uh, it might be the kind of nimble criteria that you need to have to let some in, some out, keep some out. But I don't know that you really even want to do that. I think once you get going, Lawrence, over the course of the season with any of these teams. Like, I always knew when I was covering any team, there's going to be days where there's just going to be pandemic. There's just going to be a ton of media here. There's going to be everybody. Everyone's going to be at Miami Heat Media Day. Everybody's going to be at Bears opening day of training camp. Everybody's going to be, you know, at a Hawks game if they're playing a particular opponent that, uh, you know, if like Coach Q is coming back or something at the time or whatever. Like, there's going to be huge media that day. But for the most part, once you get past those major events or a big news story or whatever, it kind of thins out on its own. And really nobody wants to be in the Bears locker room on a Friday afternoon talking to players unless they need to be. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of non-essential people popping in on those days pre-pandemic. It's the truth. I'm going to cut our conversation short because it feels like, it sounds like Jason's phone is being tapped. I don't mean to scare him, but. I don't know if it is being tapped. It just kind of sounds like it's being tapped, which probably means it's being tapped. And I want him to be safe. So thank you, Brandon. Thank him. We appreciate him. I, I'll speak a little bit more on this. I How to do this the right way. I, I, I don't think that we're above evolution in our coverage I don't want you to think that that's my feeling on it, that things should just be the way that they were. I am with you that the idea of interviewing athletes while they're trying to get dressed has always seemed gross to me. There is a, a bit of an invasion of space. The problem, though, is can we trust player, team, league, 
to then fulfill some of the obligations, and they are obligations, like it's part of the reason that guys get paid what they do because they have media responsibilities, or are we going to just let players like duck out? I, like, I'll tell you, I, did, I didn't know about the way the rules were with the WNBA, and it was really disappointing in the way that the WNBA finals went where players didn't have to talk because for a lot of people, this was an introduction in Chicago. This is an introduction into what the sky were all about and not having as many people available and Diana Taurasi not talking after the series like that, that, that rubbed me the wrong way. And with the, the very smart protocols that I think have been put in place so that there's less opportunity of transmitting COVID from media to player and from player to media, quite honestly, Rudy Gobert. I understand that, but it, it, the way that it's been able to function and function pretty without a lot of problems my fear was that a lot of these teams and leagues would then be like, well, we'll just do it on Zoom all the time. And I don't think that that's the way to go. My hope is that baseball, I mean, who knows what baseball is going to do because it doesn't exist right now. But baseball is a place where a lot of learning can happen. And... The pregame stuff, I don't know. I've learned a little bit in postgame locker rooms in baseball. Everything I've learned for the most part has been pregame. Sitting in dugouts with Ozzie Guillen and Joe Madden. That's where you learn the game and you learn how people are thinking. And it, I think, adds layers to your coverage. Doing all this stuff on Zoom feels... It, it would feel a little icky to me. And there have been times in covering the Bears locker room, forget which game it was, but I remember a very pointed and animated Matt Forte, which was kind of out of character for Matt, after a tough loss in a game where he probably should have gotten the ball more, like talking about it in real terms and giving a window into how he felt about things. I was in the locker room. This was during the week. It's a little bit different. When Mike Brown did the It's Like We Suck. When talking about the, was it the 05 or the 03 Bears? God, it's been so long. I just don't want that to, the the NBA, for all the things they say that make them progressive, there's been an undertone of a, a, a lack of that over the last six months that I don't like. Something that I don't like. Think people got that reference? I don't think so. Some on the south side and yeah. west side. Some people got it. Inglewood. Yeah. Hashtag love Sosa. We're going to take a break. We're going to talk about the NBA with Kurt Heelan next here on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. What's up, Bulls Nation? Tristan Thompson here checking in in the theater. Happy to be here. Bulls Nation, let's get it. Second half of the season, playoffs. Here we go. You're wrong for this. You're wrong for this, Mr. Fryer. It's still funny, though. You will get a debut from Tristan Thompson tonight. He will join the Bulls and add some depth to their front court. That's the hope. I haven't had a chance to talk with Kerr Heelan in a minute. I'm glad that Brandon booked him for today's show. He joins you now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. <laughs> Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Kurt Heelan is the lead NBA writer and managing editor at NBC Sports. He's been doing this for a really long time. Follow him on Twitter at Basketball Talk. Hey, Kurt, how are things? Uh, going good. How you guys doing, man? Long time no talk. I know, I know. I'm glad that you were available to talk with us. I'd love to know what you think of what you've seen from the Bulls through the first 59 games of the season. Look, first off, count me among the group that was impressed. I was not convinced. Look, I thought they'd be pretty good. I thought they'd score a ton of points. Uh, Obviously, count me among the many, probably including a lot of Bulls fans, I knew DeMar Rosen would be good. I didn't think he'd be like MVP ballot good, right? Like I knew he'd be – he's always been solid, but this is – he's just reached another level this year. He's been fantastic, especially in the clutch. And the team for at least the first part of the season really defended so much better than I thought they were going to. I thought I thought this was a team where we were all just going to make a bunch, bunch of money betting the over. And they were going to score a bunch. They weren't going to stop anybody. But they played good defense through most of the first part of the year. Um, that's obviously come apart now, but that, that really, that's the question going for me going forward with them is just, if they can defend well enough, they are, they're a threat in the East, man. Okay, good. I'm glad that you said that because I I look at this Eastern conference and this, as far as a playoff matchup goes, I'm so looking forward to watching the Eastern conference playoffs because I feel like there are legitimately six teams that could cause some problems for, for other teams. So it's not going – I don't – at least the way I see it right now, this could change in the next 23 games, but it feels like there's some really good parity in the Eastern Conference that's going to make the Eastern Conference playoffs fun. Yeah, I just I, – I'm with you. I have no idea who's coming out of the East right now. It, hey, the West, it's Phoenix or Golden State, right? Like, like it's, not, it's not rocket science. I'm willing to write the Lakers off at this point. And, you know, on down the list, Memphis is lovely, but no – but the East, Philadelphia, maybe. I, we'll see what the Harden thing looks like. Brooklyn, a lot of talent. It's going to mesh fast enough. That's, that's a whole different drama. The Bucks haven't been quite the Bucks. They haven't been defending as well. 
and on down the list, I, I think you get to Miami's Miami. They're dangerous, but I don't, you know, I think they have to be at their peak. And then you get to Chicago, and, it, you know, the defense is the question, but I just, I have no idea who's coming out of the East. Any one of those five teams could do it, and it wouldn't be a complete, complete shock to me. To go back to the Bulls, Billy Donovan obviously has, has had the job, and now he's got some parts to play with. What do we know about his his profile when it comes to end-of-season playoff coaching in the NBA? Uh, he's had some success. Obviously, he was brought into Oklahoma City to try to raise that profile. Um, it's been hit and miss, to be blunt. Um, but I don't know all of that how much um, all of that was his fault. I don't know that it was a lot of like – I don't know that we're laying their, his losses at the feet of the coaches because there were other injuries and structural problems with teams that didn't go as far as, as I think he'd hoped. So I, I, I think he, look, I think he is a solid coach. I think he's a quality NBA coach who can win if the talent's there. So I, I, I to me, he's capable. Um, I don't know that he's Eric Spolstra, but the, there aren't many of those guys. I find myself being a person that is out here banging the drum for why can't Jokic be the MVP again? Because when I look at what he's doing this season, even though the team's not doing as well, I am really impressed by what he's done. Look, his he's actually better than last year. Statistically, he and, and if you watch the games, he's been better last year statistically. More importantly, his defense has been better. He's not look, he's he's not Joel Embiid. He is not going to you know he's not or Rudy Gobert or something. He's not winning Defensive Player of the Year, but he's been better this year, and that's a huge step forward. The other part of that is I, there was a lot of, and I think Zach Lowe talked about this on his pod too. There was a lot of like, well, they're the sixth seed, and you know Embiid and his team are the they're like a two game separating them. Like they're not. This isn't something where. There is some dramatic difference between them. Like, the only guy who could have made that case for his team being so good is Chris Paul, and unfortunately, with that thumb injury, he's kind of out of the MVP mix. I think it's probably look. I, right now, in my book, Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Embiid are one, two, three in some order, and then it's. I, I, I haven't done enough research to say, hey, stop it. Sorry, my dogs are freaking out. What no kind? Reason. What kind of dogs you got? Small yippy ones right now. Um, no, um, they are um, Ted. Um, they are they're both rescues. They're both mutts, um, terrier mixes. Um, I'm sorry, but the, the DeRozan Curry. Um, I have to put John Morant in there. I would have had Chris Paul, but I, like I said, I think the injury is going to knock him back um, in that mix in that next group. And I'm not quite sure what that final order is going to be, but. It's, it's just to Bulls fans. I, it's really going to be hard to keep. I, to me, it's almost impossible to keep DeRozan out of that, out of the ballot. Like he's, I don't know that he's winning it this year, but it's really hard to picture him not being on the ballot. Okay, so one dog's name is Ted. What's the other dog's name? Uh, Ronnie. Um, these were not names. I wanted to name them Sid and Nancy, but uh, my wife wouldn't. The kids, the kids didn't get the reference, and they both spent um, some time at the shelter we picked them up from, and that's what they'd started calling them, so they were already responding to it, so we kind of had to live with it. Okay, that's fine. And, and outside of this interview, they bring you a lot of joy, correct? Um, most of the time, <laughs> they, they do. They've been, you know what, I, I, 
even even my wife, who was the one who was kind of, you know, the kids really, of course, wanted them. The, my wife was iffy on dogs. But I think during the pandemic, having them around was when we were all stuck in the house was a lot of fun. Um, they're just especially one of them tends to get very protective if, you know, how dare the pool guy show up, you know, how dare he show up indeed. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll let you go on this. I, I want to ask about, because you brought up LeBron and the Lakers and them being done. It feels like everything that everyone said about this version of the Lakers came true. Like, it, LeBron will still be great, which he is. He's been fantastic this season. He's having to do have to do a lot more scoring than he usually has to do. But people were concerned about Russell Westbrook not being able to shoot, and that's come true. People were concerned about Anthony Davis and injuries. That's come true. People were concerned about the construction of the roster and how old the roster is. That's come true. Who's to blame for it? Oh, I think there's plenty of blame to go around. But LeBron, if LeBron is frustrated, he can go find a mirror, right? Like, just, they were very close to the um, a trade for Buddy Heald that would have sent Kyle Kuzma out and stuff. But that trade, look, Buddy Heald isn't all that, but shoot the rock, man. Like Buddy Heald has an NBA skill that's very valuable. Um, they would have been able to keep Caldwell Pope. They would have been able to re-sign Alex Caruso, who you know you guys can see how valuable he is out in Chicago. Like they would have had, they probably should have done that anyway. But they would have had options to build closer. Look, the roster that won the title was LeBron James and Anthony Davis playing like top five players and a bunch of shooting and defense around them. And they were trying to rebuild that, and then they veered left, traded away all their depth, and went after a third superstar, and it's blown up in their face. And I, the problem is, like, I don't know how they get back to something that works next year. I'm like, they can move Russell Westbrook, but you're going to have to you're going to have to pay somebody to take on his $47 million next year. Like, there's just – their roster will be very different next year, but I don't know that it's going to be dramatically better. It's going to take some, some real creativity to get anything done. Kurt, thanks for joining me. Tell Ted and Ronnie that we said thank you for their being on the show today, too. I enjoyed it. Oh, you guys, you, they, they always provide such valuable contribution. Hey, so. man, the, they're, they're, I'm sure they're there watching NBA with Dad, too. So, man, they've got thoughts and they want to share them, and I'm totally okay with that. I think they're like my teenage daughters. The NBA comes on and they stroll in the other room to go stream Netflix. So. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Kurt, man. Be good. Take care. That is Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports. He covers the NBA. While that's going on, because I spin a lot of plates while I'm doing the show, and I have more bandwidth because there's no TVs on here in the studio. So while that's going on, I'm I'm looking at the the Twitch chat, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The Score, and I saw on Twitter something that I retweeted during the segment that I, I like to talk about every now and again, because hopefully it makes people less afraid and takes some of the stigma away. My friend Jeff Goodman, who covers college basketball for Stadium, just tweeted out this. For anyone who's concerned about getting a colonoscopy, I had my first one this morning. Procedure is so easy. Yeah, the prep is a pain in the ass. There was an opportunity for a joke there, and you didn't do it. But it's worth it. Too many people, too many people including doctors, told me that getting it done early can help save your life. So this gives me an opportunity to do the PSA. Some of you know, maybe you don't. I have Crohn's disease. So I get a colonoscopy every year. I have, a, I had surgery. Um, I've had two surgeries on my Crohn's and I've had a big portion 
of my colon surgically removed. But I still get get the, the colonoscopy every year. I look forward to it because I don't do drugs. And then when I get to the actual procedure, they give me drugs and the drugs feel really good. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but most people are freaked out by the process of it. It's The exam is nothing. You're not going to feel anything. If your doctor's good, you're not going to feel anything. And it's it's a diagnostic and preventative test. They go in there and they can see what's going on. And if there's a polyp, they can literally take the polyp out. The mic, the 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 camera that they send up there also has a little like hook attachment to it. And they can just go, oh, well, there's something that we can take a biopsy of. We'll just take that little thing out and you'll be good to go. The worst part is getting ready for it, like the cleaning out that goes on. I've been very lucky. My doctor at UFC has given me Osmo prep, which is the pill form. Instead of drinking the gallon of Go Lightly, which eventually, for me at least, I couldn't get to it. Like the the smell of it would make me heave. But since then, like I've been doing the Osmo prep thing for probably a decade now. And it's really just drinking water and clear liquid with these pills. And then you're all flushed out. And you do get dehydrated, and it does make you a little crazy the the night before, the morning of. And then you go in there, you get your drugs, they put you on an IV, you feel better, you're done with the procedure, and you won't even remember it, and then you can eat whatever you want. And I look forward to my post-colonoscopy meals. So, I'm not saying run out and tell your doctor that you want a colonoscopy, but if your doctor has been telling you, or if you're, you're closing in on 45, and that might be a diagnostic that you need to get done. Don't have any fear in it. it. It's totally fine. So I'm glad that Jeff got it. And I'm sure that he'll get the, the stuff back from the doctors in the, the next few hours or so. But don't be afraid of it. Like, if I can do it, you can do it. And I've been doing it for 25 years. Wait, how old am I? Yeah, that's about right. About 25 years of colonoscopies. And it's... It's nothing. Past the flushing out. That's something. But you got that too. It's not a problem. And even with COVID, I know a lot of places were scaling back with doing some of this stuff. But now that the numbers have dropped in Illinois, if you were delaying it, like don't. Like talk to you, set it up and go because I want you to be here and I want you to be able to listen to the show. And it's not a big deal. There's my public service announcement. Now, Back to the basketball. Bulls play the Hawks tonight. We will have pregame for you here on the score starting at 645. There's a new Bull, and I'm actually really excited that the Bulls were able to get a player the quality of Tristan Thompson on the buyout market. Now, understand what I'm saying. I don't think Tristan Thompson at this point in his career is a starter. I am not expecting him to come in here and give you 10 and 10. What I am expecting is for him to come off the bench give Vooch a bit of a break in guarding some of the bigs. I don't think that'll be an issue tonight because they're just going to run up and down the floor tonight, them and the Hawks. But I'm excited that they were able to get a player like this without giving up any, like, draft compensation. This is just, well, they did give up their, their, was their biannual exception on this, but this is a cash. This is a cash move as far as I'm concerned. So, This was Tristan Thompson a little while ago talking about why he wanted to be a bull. When the time came, the 
Bulls, you know, call my agent and I've, I've been watching the Bulls this year and watching what they're able to do, especially with injuries and COVID and games being postponed and all that. And obviously having a relationship with, um, with Demar, Zach, Booth, me and Boots, we played, been playing against each other since USC Texas days when he when he beat us at the Galen Center. So um, it's a lot of familiar faces, and obviously Alonzo. Uh, so um, I feel like I want to be part of something really special. I think it's the way I play, just just play hard. I think uh, if any of you guys have recovered or watched me play, it's a guy who just plays hard each and every night. Kind of like how the old school bigs play, you know, punching that clock, be a workhorse, do whatever it takes to win. Whether it's uh, you know, set screens, dive, loose balls, finish around the rim. Whatever my team needs to win, that's all that matters. Um, so I think I'll mesh pretty well with this group. Um, I think it's an area that, that that this team can definitely benefit with my energy each and every night. So you know, I'm excited. Uh, if you ask anyone that's played with me or been around me, you know, I'm a vocal person. And, uh, I'm going to say what's best for the team because uh, you know, I've been part of championship level teams, been with the, won a championship, been with Hall of Fame players, and I took stuff that I learned from them. And I think it's only fair and right in, in this year of basketball, you gotta pay it forward. You know, I was fortunate to, to spend time with one of the greatest players, and he taught me a lot. So it's, it's only right that I you know, share that wisdom to the younger generation, and if I can help you know, whoever it is on this, this team to get 1% better with what I bring to the table, then I've done a good job. Me and Javante were teammates in Boston, so we got really close. Um, one of my really good friends, uh, Debo, who I think is the league MVP right now. Um, we've known each other for a long time. He's playing out of this world. I mean, he played, he's shot 50% as a guard last year in San Antonio, but obviously, you know, their record wasn't what it is here right now, so they didn't get the same notoriety, but, you know, he's playing at a, he, right now he's the league MVP in my eyes. Flat out, what he's able to be doing with, you know, Zach out, Zoe out, with AC out, you know, and like Gooch was out for a little bit too. Like for him to be able to just, you know, hold the fort down, keep that ship loud and high. That's that's what that's what an MVP does. That's what he brings to the table each and every night, and he does it. Still don't want interviews done in a locker room. Like he was interviewing right underneath the rim. I mean, that, that's just how it is. The space is really big, and so the ball echoes. And so it squeaks, and you're just lucky to, to get someone to say that they're going to do it. And so it's like, well, let's go over to a quiet corner of the Advocate Center. Well, there isn't one because guys are putting up shots after practice and stuff. If you, if you know where it would be a lot more quiet? The locker room. That'd be totally fine. So it's texted, is the interview being done under the basket? No, it's not. I'm sure that it's probably near the exit. It just, it's not always the most conducive place to find sound. But he said that he's really excited. He also said ship with a P. That's important to point out. That he's been watching DeMar and wants to play with DeMar. This is a backup big. This is this is all it is. He's a backup big, and I think that he can help the Bulls. I'm looking for trust me. She'll like it too. Well, maybe. Those commercials are hilarious. Do you think is Tanny back there? I see Tanny. Do you think if I got Frank Thomas on the air and I just talked to him about those commercials, 
would he hang up? Probably, right? Like, if I didn't want to talk about the first seven years of Big Frank's career where he was, like, the best right-handed hitter in the history of baseball, do you think if I just only want to talk about his acting in that commercial, would he hang up? Tandy said, do not ask Frank about Keenan Thompson if you've seen the bit of Keenan Thompson. really? He doesn't – oh, he doesn't – oh, yeah, Keenan did get after him. That that was on SNL. Keenan's good at that. Keenan got a lot of people on his list. Steve Steve Harvey, he said. Well, he's got two people that are intertwined in Chicago sports, right, where you have him playing LeVar Ball and now Frank Thomas. Chris Red should have asked for that, man. I know he grew up as a White Sox fan. He should have asked to be Big Frank. Keenan is, yo, man. How long has Keenan been on Saturday Night Live? It's like 17 years or something like that? Around that time, yeah. The dude is an icon. Folks don't give him the love that they, they should, but he holds everything together. She'll like it, too. Back after this on The Score. Lawrence Holmes, noon to 2, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Over the last year, it's been really cool to see people be willing to learn more and embrace HBCU football. Deion Sanders has brought a lot of people's eyes to it, which is a good thing. And we've seen that there's been a lot of involvement with HBCU football brands. There was an HBCU combine. Our, our buddy Anthony Heron, who was in here with me or in here for me yesterday, was part of the Legacy Bowl where they did a scouting combine senior bowl-esque bowl for HBCUs. It's been great. It's been cool to see people be like, man, I love FAMU and I love those helmets or I'm going to be a Tennessee State fan or I'm going to go with Jackson State or whomever it is that you choose. Which is why in the era where we're finding more love for HBCUs, it's incredibly disappointing that you Jackson would go out of his way to hire Art Bryles as his offensive coordinator at Grambling. At Grambling. At the place where Eddie Robinson became a legend and built a lot of careers and helped a ton of young men realize their dreams. For you Jackson, who just a week ago was talking about the importance of hiring and mentoring black coaches in support of Brian Flores, for him to jump over every possible candidate of color or white men that haven't been involved in the largest scandal in college football in the last 20 years is repugnant. And the fact that it took place at Grambling and the fact that they dumped this news while the world is worrying about what's going on in Ukraine, shame on all of them and a pox on your house, you Jackson. This is terrible, and you should have known better. Talk with Parkins and Spiegel next here on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.